right. Well, good afternoon. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good afternoon, everybody. As always, you're listening to the American Society for Safety Professionals Healthcare Practice Specialties Health Beat podcast. I'm Corey Warden. I'm the current administrator for the healthcare practice specialty. And today's episode is actually in conjunction with the uh, Association for Occupational Health Professionals in Healthcare, or AOHP, and their Caring for Healthcare Professionals podcast. So we're going to be getting this out to a lot of really good people and a lot of really good information. So today's episode is, is very important. We're going to be talking about, about roadway safety. And there's just a number of things happening out there on the roadway, everything from uh, tailgating, speeding, aggressive driving, uh, impairments, all different kinds of things. Uh, and of course, distracted driving has um, been exponentially increasing for the last decade. So with all that being said, we're going to be talking about roadway safety. And today we're going to be talking about it with David Fields and Sophia Font. They're with the city of Houston, and they've been doing a fantastic program that started several years ago. It's called Vision Zero, and they've been doing just an enormous amount of research and work and initiatives and partnerships. So we're going to hear all about that and see all the good things that that can be applied elsewhere. So without me speaking for y'all, um, David and Sophia, if I could uh, ask you if you want to give a quick intro about yourself. Um, what your, your role is, your um, where you come from, where you're going, all that good stuff. Uh, that'd be awesome. Um, Sophia, how about we start with you, please? Hi, good afternoon. Thank you, Corey, for this great invitation. It's a pleasure to be here today with you all. So let me tell you a little bit about me. Um, as you say, my name is Sophia Fom. I'm the Vision Zero Coordinator at the City of Houston and the Planning and Development Department. Uh, I have been in this role almost uh, seven months. But uh, before working for the city, I've been working with, uh, for 15, 14 years uh, with the private sector and public sector and nonprofit organization. And all those times, my work was related to uh, social work and community projects and empowered community. So um, and as you mentioned, uh, something about me, I'm from Venezuela, Caracas, Venezuela. I have lived here in Houston around seven years and was very uh, changed for me because of the size of the highway. And I always uh, share that kind of a story because when you move to a city and you can find around 20 highways, roads, oh my gosh, that is, that is a little bit scary. So. When I jumped to this uh, opportunity for work here for the city of Houston as a Vision Zero coordinator, I say, oh my gosh, how we can combine my passion with uh, to support the community and empower them, and also how we can contribute for us for be for provide and program for you know safe communities. So I'm here. All right, outstanding. Well, we're glad to have you. Um, David, how about yourself? You want to give a quick intro, please? Sure. Thanks, Corey. I'm David Fields. I'm the City of Houston's Chief Transportation Planner. I lead our Transportation Planning Division here in the Planning and Development Department. Um, I have about 25 years of experience. I've worked all around the world, but really all of my work comes down to one simple thing. I believe uh, my grandparents should be able to cross every street and every community safely. We don't have that today. Um, we don't provide safe access for everybody. Um, we don't provide that equitably, uh, whether by age or by demographic, uh, by social group, um, by ethnicity. Um, 
and for us to be a real uh, community that looks out for everybody, that everybody can cross and get home safely at the end of every day, it's a real simple and focused mission. And in Houston, we have a lot of work to do, which leads us to Vision Zero. Definitely. And I know you all have been, been doing a fantastic amount of work, so we're, we're excited to hear about it. And I know everybody's excited about the things that, that they'll be able to learn from. So with that being said, let's go ahead and, and get right into it. Um, Y'all are welcome to um, to, to uh, jump in as you wish, but um, let's talk about the Vision Zero um, program. So as far as the, the purpose and um, its origins, as far as objectives, um, however you best describe it, if you could uh, give, us the, give us the rundown, we appreciate it. Sure. Vision Zero is an international effort to eliminate fatalities and serious, ro uh, serious injuries on our roadways. City of Houston adopted uh, Vision Zero a few years back um, with the intention to get to zero fatalities and serious injuries by 2030. Um, Sophia, in a moment, I'll talk specifically about the action plan we developed. Um, but what it is is to uh, use a data-driven approach to identify where our crashes are, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, as well as uh, how to balance uh, all the different approaches to, uh, to solving those conditions and do it equitably uh, across our community. Um, Mayor uh, Sylvester Turner adopted this and uh, released the action plan at the end of 2020. So we're just over a year into the real nuts and bolts work of implementing that plan. Sophia, do you want to talk about the specifics of the plan? Sure. Uh, as we, you mentioned it, David, we have four um priority is in our in our action plan and one of them the four approach is uh, the first one is communication so we want to make sure we are uh, reporting and providing information uh, effectively for our resident Houstonian to be knowledge about the you know the all the situation with the crashes across the city and we are planning to provide a dashboard for the first time ever at the city of Houston with our our annual report as well. So also we, in another part of the effort with action in communication, we are planning to, we are actually right now celebrating the different way of transportation for the Houston around uh, around, the, around the city. And also uh, we are planning to training uh, our city employees how to speak to, to the public and media about crashes. And that is related. We have uh, 15 action in our action plan, but I need to. I want to go for the approach and the priorities. So those are the most important priorities in terms of the communication approach. In terms of the safety system, uh, that is a huge responsibility for the city of Houston. But we are planning to re we are re reviewing together the the infrastructure design manual in order to see if we can shift the city-wide standard to the multimodal level of the service and prioritize vision zero goals, of course, in our manual. Uh, of course, we are evaluating uh, the reconstruction for different uh, multimodal safety needs and opportunity for any project interception across the city. And also uh, we create and part of the safety shift in our high injury network. And we want to make sure how we can um, develop a templates to simplify the consistent safety redesign across the high injury network. The other approach is the safety speed, safety speed. 
So uh, we have three priorities right now on that um, approach. The first one is we need to determine uh, vehicles speed are faster than all the people using the street and then design the street to support that speed. So that I mean, we know the speed is on a huge, uh, uh, I will say, um, challenge across the city. So uh, we need to work on that uh, too in order to provide more safe for our users. And also uh, trying to design a tool to support all the enforced pedestrian right away and intersection across walk. And also uh, how we can use assignment timing to maximize and safety and comfort for all modes uh, over vehicles throughput. And the lastly, but it's not the less important, the programming in, as a um, approach in our action plan with Vision Zero uh, uh, here in Houston. One of them, um, we have four priorities on programming. One of them is that trying to redesign at least 10 locations in our high injury network every two years and uh, also how we can construct at least 50 miles on sidewalk each year and construct at least 25 miles of high comfort bicycle facilities each year and we are over those miles and of course working on inventory and prototype street improvement and a half mile of transit center to improve the safety and access access for persons with disability. So as we mentioned, uh, this uh, Vision Zero plan is very ambitious plan, but we are pretty sure we are in the good path in order to improve uh, the quality of life for our Houstonian here. Outstanding. Definitely a lot of a lot of fantastic work there. And I know that um, Vision Zero had recently released or, or at least premiered your your new video on distracted driving. I noticed on there that uh, there's there's quite a few really um, outstanding partners involved. Um, who are all the partners involved in Vision Zero? So just about all the transportation work we do across the city is with one or more partners. So first of all, there are many departments within the city itself. We lead Vision Zero uh, from the planning department, but Public Works, Houston Public Works, is uh, one of our major partners. Um, the Mayor's Office of Persons with Disabilities, um, as Corey's very familiar, uh, the Health Department and uh, Human Resources, uh, as well as Legal, um, our Communications Offices. Um, and then we also partner externally with Metro, our transit operator, Harris County, who's doing a parallel Vision Zero program, and then even some uh, partners that surprise some folks like uh, TxDOT, because they own uh, many of the roads uh, that are throughout our city. Uh, so the work really has an application for everybody. Oh, and I forgot to mention internally, uh, Houston Police and Houston Fire Departments, very important partners, as well as the Regional Planning Agency, the Houston Galveston Area Council. Um, we did something a little bit new for our implementation group. These are the people who are continuing to work with us on the plan, um, all the ones I just mentioned. But we also added a seat for a member of the public, somebody who's not a transportation professional, who is not going to lead any individual task. Um, but her seat is really important. She gives us a reality check on the things we're talking about. Is this really what is going to resonate with the community? Are we using words? that are too technical or too buzzwordy. 
um, so that when we go to talk to communities, we can be reminded that this is a plan for them, and then we can speak, uh, you know, in a way that will resonate with them. Outstanding. That's definitely a, a, a great group of partners. I know that's something that we always look at with our safety committees as well as to to get a good, you know, uh, multi-dimensional, multifunctional um, group of subject matter experts. So that's fantastic. Get a lot of different perspectives and expertise involved. So this next next question, let's we'll go ahead and you know get get into the the finer points of really you know how to go about roadway safety. So I know y'all done a lot of research and years worth of research, as a matter of fact. So if you can summarize your findings, you know, what did, what did you find as far as incident data, causal factors? Um, I know with safety, as far as defensive driving, you know, some of the big things, of course, are always going to be speeding, distracted driving, impairments, um, following distance, aggressive driving. So um, are those the same kind of things that y'all found on your research or were there any any anything different, any outliers? What did y'all find on there? We took five years of crash data from uh, the St Texas statewide database. It's called CRIS. Um, and what we found was was really shocking. 60% of crashes that lead to fatalities or serious injuries happen on only 6% of our streets, um, which when we look at that on the map, is still a lot of streets for a city as big as Houston, but really helps us say when we're going to redesign streets, these are the places we are going to focus first. And when we overlay that on what we call our socially vulnerable communities, um, frequently the mayor uh, has named them uh, complete communities, um, while roadway length, um, those account for about a third of our streets, 50% of those high crash locations are in those just one third. So they are uh, disproportionately being represented in the crash data. Um, on the types of crashes, so speed is one of the biggest factors involved, um, and primarily because speed is the biggest factor to determine whether a crash results in a serious injury or fatality versus not. Um, a vehicle going over 30 miles per hour increases uh, the likelihood, of when, if it hits someone, of killing that person when it gets over 30 miles per hour. Um, and then we also looked at the types of roads that this happens over and over again, and there's a very clear pattern out on Houston streets. These are four, six, and eight-lane undivided roads, so roads that are very, very difficult to cross on one traffic signal if you're a pedestrian. Um, for much of the day, uh, they're not filled. Uh, there's extra capacity, which encourages drivers to uh, drive quickly, going back to that speed issue. Um, so as we start to say, okay, what can we do differently? Those are the roads with a different roadway type, um, slowing uh, drivers down to a reasonable speed um, and kind of um, absorbing excess space that isn't being used uh, to encourage safe driving habits and narrowing the crossing distance so people can get across safely and easily. That, that's great data. A very very uh, intensive and, and rigorous findings it's it's interesting also I, I like how you're going about that in terms of looking for the the you know the the engineering of the roadways and and how that contributes to the to the incidents 
you know, when we look at safety, we always look first if we can eliminate the hazard, which of course driving, you know, short of nobody driving, it's not going to get eliminated. And then substitution is next. And that's only going to really apply if people are um, changing the vehicle types or, um, you know, if people are using different roadways or whatnot. Um, but then it goes on to the, the engineering controls, which is the first thing y'all are looking at there with the roadway types, the lanes, the crosswalks, the um, the the open space. So that that's really impressive. Um, so that, that that gave you a lot of really good information. So with all that being said, so like you said there, you're looking at the the different roadways that are involved in these collisions, the types of collisions, the causal factors, and then you've got your group of subject matter experts and you're using that research to start to affect change. I know y'all have made some really good, really good media. You have your, your sidetracked video that's that's coming out. Uh, so overall, what what are the the main types of, of positive changes that you're seeking to make? Are you are you aiming for uh, roadway construction projects or um, multimedia communication or partnerships with with law enforcement? What what are y'all's main objectives as far as implementing change? Sophia, did you want to start on that one? Sure. Um, well, I, I would say one of one of the things uh, that I, the positive change that I would like to see about can come from Vision Zero is the you know the main for community engagement, and I see every time the people are under are understanding the power of their voice and their voice they can change uh, you know the reality. So part of the vision of Vision Zero is how we can educate as well the, the community and uh, how they can transform positive change in our community. And then, Corey, to go to your other point about the, the physical side, about things that we're building, uh, Sophia had gone through it in the action plan talking about uh, redesigning 10 high-injury network locations uh, every two years and starting construction on them no later than, than the third year of each uh, 10 location package, building out uh, 50 miles of, of sidewalks, building out so much um, bike, bike facilities every year um, so that the communication with the public is really matched with an improved physical network. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that that's really good because you know, that's one of the things we also know about safety is that it's one thing to to talk about it, you know, and to build awareness, but that needs to be, you know, that needs to be paired with actionable improvements in either process or design or or equipment or, or even changes in procedures if necessary. But just talking about it only goes so far. So that's that's great that y'all have looked at all sides of that. So the flip side of that, you know, I know that You've done a great amount of research and communication and partnerships, and now you're working on these positive changes. What, what have y'all seen so far as far as challenges? So it's no surprise to people. Houston was built uh, primarily as a car driving focused city. And as Mayor Turner has said, we are now undergoing a paradigm shift. 
We have got to recognize that people are going to use all modes um, and that we are going to need to make some trade-offs to encourage safety as the top priority over vehicle speed. Um, so anytime we talk to a community and we talk about the high injury network and unsafe locations, they immediately say, yes, please come fix our streets. We want safer streets. When we get more to a design level and we show them what that trade-off might look like, possibly uh, reallocating a vehicle lane to a wider sidewalk or to a bike lane, uh, slowing down uh, so um, uh, the speed comes down a bit, um, that makes it harder for people to, to remember that the goal is safety and we are going to have to trade something off to get it. You know, we try to be very patient. We remind them of the high crash locations, the, the fatalities and serious injuries. Um, but it is always a process. And little by little, these ongoing communications, remembering that goal um, is where we're really trying to aim for. But, but it is a work in progress. Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely... Uh, Continual improvement, you know, it's definitely a, a recurring theme in in all safety. So that that's great that you're you're looking at it as a as a marathon and not a sprint. That that's great. All right, well that's awesome. So we talked about we talked about your research. We talked about the partnerships. We talked about the the engineering. So I know one of the things that's important to y'all, at least in my my discussions with you in the past, is that you're you're very cautious. And rightfully so. You're very cautious about avoiding any kind of language that that may sound like blaming the victim. So, um, what are your thoughts as far as um, affecting driving behaviors? Are you looking at that in terms of um, communication or or policy or uh, law enforcement type situation? Do y'all do y'all have any any thoughts or action items on trying to affect you know people speeding or tailgating or whatnot? Sure, we are um, leading uh, different efforts. It's part of our our plan uh, how we can, um, you know, create an, a campaigns to educate people in regard of the impairing driving. But also, we want to educate them in the driver behavior that you mentioned before. So part of the language is we don't want to continue to talk about. Uh, uh, accidents. We want to educate the people. They don't need to call them accident because there are crashes. Because all the crashes are preventable. So behind those um, crashes, we have people that are losing uh, their families, their lovers, and all those uh, can be preventable if the driver having a good behavior in, when they are when they are driving, of course. And we are working on those um, campaigns in collaboration with different partners. And also we are creating together with the different uh, departments of the city of Houston flyers to any community events. Uh, we can uh, share that information with them, right? Uh, how they can be a better drivers. That's awesome. It's always always good. That's that's another another recurring theme in safety is that you know on one hand there's the there's the, the workplace conditions and then on the other hand there's the the work practices. Um, mm -hmm. That that's great that you're you're looking at all angles. Um, you know, one thing I was going to ask. It, it it's interesting to me because everything that that y'all have found in your your research and your work aligns with 
um, you know, everything that's taught in defensive driving courses or, or different different driving safety programs in terms of, uh, like we said, speeding, following distance, uh, distractions, impairments, uh, things of that nature. Um, have y'all found anything in there about fatigue? That's always been something of interest to me because there's no laws around it and there's really there's really no way to measure it. Have y'all have y'all found anything about fatigue? Uh, what? I, on uh, drivers that are tired, uh, causing uh, slower reaction time and ending in crashes, I don't remember seeing fatigue as a factor in the in the statewide database. Um, but I'll, I'll readily acknowledge uh, Sophia is better with the data than I am. Sophia, do you remember that as a contributor contributing factor? I didn't see that. Sir. No. No. Okay, that's interesting. I think it is a hard thing to measure, especially after a crash being recorded by a third party. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that that sounds sounds about right. Yeah, interesting. I've always been I've always been interested in that because with with healthcare, we have we have so many workers that work night shifts or that work mm-hmm. sixteen hour shifts for you know, five days in a row. So it's always something we we make sure we set the expectation that people need to be very cognizant of their their awareness level. Um, mm-hmm. But that, but that, in that reason, it's very important the educational component that uh, because if you are tired, they you're supposed to don't drive, right? Because you don't have the same capacity to react for any potential crash you can cause. So the education is the base on that. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's fantastic. All right. So these last couple of things I always ask about, and I'm, I'm always interested. I, I always say that one day I'm going to write an article with, with everybody's perspectives. So if you had the, if you had a bullhorn or a, you know, a, a microphone and you could talk to the whole world, what's, what's the one thing that you'd like to communicate to everybody and you could ask them to do to, to make things safer on the roadway? What are your thoughts there? Uh, well, in my case, you have that mic. I would say, please follow the speed limit, or maybe go less, <laughs> uh, because you know, uh, you know, across the nation, uh, we have a high level of the percentage of the crashes across the nation, and the fatalities is a uh, causes about the people who are over the speed limit. And if you trying to at least uh, drive on the data speed limit, you can save life. And if you life, uh, if you drive with some um, miles per hour less, you can you can be better. Uh, and also um, make attention where you are driving. Uh, if you have, a, you will say, for example, you have you are driving in the middle of the street and you have at least uh, 20, 25. Uh, miles per hour and but you know maybe it's a mother with their stroller and their kids is walking around and you have you can see seniors over there go less go less safe life so it's an advice to you know for everybody who he, they have the responsibility to are during drive just please at least follow the speed limits or go less and the thing that i'd want to communicate um, is that everybody uses many modes during the course of a day or a week. 
even just walking to your car, you are walking to your car, you're a pedestrian for at least that amount of time. Most people, if they drive for a good chunk of it, they still walk to, to a playground with their children or they'll go for a bike ride. A family member may do something different. So we would really like to encourage people to stop thinking themselves as just drivers or just walkers, but everybody uses our entire transportation system. Definitely, and I like how you put that. That's important, you know, um, and it's actually very, it's interesting. We were, my, my family, we were on uh, personal time off or, or vacation or whatever you want to call it uh, last week. And we were explaining to our daughter, she's eight, and we were explaining to her about all the different types of transportation. We were talking about, you know, we walk places and we drive places. Then there's, you can fly places and you can, you can take a ferry or a boat. And then we also talked about, um, you know, people can take a, a taxi or a ride share or some people ride a bicycle. You know, some people even, I've seen people on, on skateboards, you know, um, so we were counting the different types of transportation that we took while we were while we were um, out of town. So it's it's great. I like how you put that. That you know everybody shares the roadway. It's not just not just people driving, not just people that are on public transportation. It's you know everybody's got a role to play in that. <clears throat> so this this last thing is is one that is kind of kind of paired with that previous question, and this is one I always ask about every every hazard area, you know, whether it's driving safety or whether it's slip trips and falls or whether it's ergonomics or workplace violence or um, disease exposures. This is this is one that I'm always interested in the answer. So if, if you could wave a magic wand, so if you if you were suddenly transported into the Harry Potter wizarding world and they gave you a magic wand and you could change something immediately. So if you could change um, driving behaviors or if you could change the roadway or or uh, the traffic signals or the crosswalks or the laws, what's the one thing that you'd like to change? So I'll start first on this one. Um, so I go back to thinking about my grandparents crossing a street. Um, I would make no street wide too wide that you never have to walk more than three lanes of traffic without having some place to rest, a median refuge, or actually getting to the far side of the street. Three lanes is 30 some odd feet, right around that point. Um, and thinking about the elderly, thinking about somebody potentially in a wheelchair, just somebody pushing a stroller, or any many other reasons, that's about as far as we should be able to expect that they can go and still feel safe doing that entire crossing. Um, in my case, I will say I would like to have the opportunity for change the size of the blocks, like uh, doing shorter, uh, because uh, shorter blocks improve the pedestrian safety, creating more intersection, providing more opportunities to cross the street safety, as you mentioned, but also how we can be more our city more walkable, uh, how we can go for the other places and you know, we don't need to use always uh, cars. We can walk, we can bike. And like this, we can just um, reduce in some, maybe, vehicles spill because they need to just stop every time <laughs> because the, 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 the block is shorter, right? So I would say shorter blocks for the city. Uh, we can just uh, 
bring more walkable places, but a more uh, we can improve the safety for the pedestrian as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Both are great, great responses, and those would be certainly, certainly beneficial. All right. Well, that's awesome. Um, well, I know y'all are both very busy. I don't want to take up your whole day, but um, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Any, anything you'd like to advertise or promote before we, before we finish up today? Um, well, we want to invite um, everyone to follow us through our website, uh, uh at, at our website, you will be able to see our um, uh, Vision Zero Action Plan. You can explore uh, our high injury network and our priorities. And also, we are updating uh, the projects that we are working on across the city. And also, we have our contacts over there. And you can just send it to us in an email. And you can call us if you want to learn more about Vision Zero, how you can be involved. If you want to learn more about our program, just visit us and send it to us in an email. That's great. Definitely <clears throat> really, really good information and, and um, cer certainly beneficial. It's one of those things that every, you know, every, every area has in common is that people drive and mm -hmm. uh, they drive at work, they drive at home, all kinds. Um, and it's always something to watch out for. Um, all right. Well, that's outstanding. We sure appreciate y'all being here today. Um, and we'll, we'll certainly look forward to everything everything coming from from Vision Zero. Um, for everybody listening, if you haven't if you haven't heard it all yet, definitely check us out on the podcast. Um, the ASSP Health Beat podcast is at Anchor.fm/ASSP-HCPS-HealthBeat, and we're up to uh, you know I'm drawing a blank, but I think it's 34 episodes now. Um, but anyway, we've got all kinds of great great guests on there we've got great topics and a lot of really good best practices so we hope you can check that out um the aohp caring for healthcare professionals podcast is at anchor.fm backslash aohp and same thing all kinds of fantastic guests fantastic topics best practices all kinds of great information and then otherwise the conferences are coming up so we have the assp conference coming up in chicago in june and aohp coming up in September in Austin, Texas. So we hope we can see you there. But with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up today and we'll talk to everybody real soon. Thanks so much.